listening to Backstage at Lyric, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes at Lyric Opera of Chicago. Backstage at Lyric features in-depth interviews with singers, conductors, and creative talents at one of the world's great opera companies. For additional podcast interviews, subscribe to our RSS feed or visit us online at lyricopera.org. Metza soprano Michaela Schuster is backstage at Lyric. I think it's not, it's very easy. She is very clear, very simple, and very directly. She's very human being. She, it's not. She is hard, but she's very clearly with this art. She's not like a snake. I'm not thinking. Thank you for downloading this episode of Backstage at Lyric. I'm Roger Pines of Lyric Opera of Chicago. This season, Wagner's Lohengrin is making its long-awaited return to the Lyric Opera stage. One of the most demanding roles in this work is the devious Ortrud, a real gift for a brilliant singing actress. This character is being portrayed at Lyric by an artist making her American operatic debut, German mezzo-soprano Michaela Schuster, whose Munich performance as Ortrud is now on DVD. She's also made a profound impression in many other leading dramatic mezzo roles in major houses throughout Europe, including those of Berlin, Dresden, Madrid, Brussels, and London. In my recent conversation with her, Ms. Schuster spoke about the complexity of Ortrud's character and the many challenges facing a singer portraying her on stage. Before we get to that conversation, here's the story of Lohengrin. In 10th century Antwerp, Elsa of Brabant, a virtuous young noblewoman, is accused of having murdered her brother, young Gottfried, Duke of Brabant, who has disappeared. She longs for a knight to come to defend her. A knight appears in a boat drawn by a swan. He pledges to protect Elsa and to marry her. He asks only that she never ask his name or his origin. Suspicions regarding the knight are awakened in Elsa by Telramund, Count of Brabant. He's regent and Gottfried's guardian. He craves the dukedom for himself. And his scheming wife, Ortrud, also contributes to creating that suspicion and doubt in Elsa's mind. On her wedding night, Elsa's curiosity overcomes her, and she asks the forbidden questions. Telramund rushes into the marriage chamber, but the knight kills him. Before the people of Antwerp, he reveals that he comes from Monsalvat, and that he is Lohengrin, the son of Parsifal. The swan is revealed as Gottfried, who had previously been transformed by Ortrud's magic. A dove flies down to draw Lohengrin away in the boat as the grief-stricken Elsa collapses. Now, on to the interview with Lyric Opera's Ortrud, mezzo-soprano Michaela Schuster. I hope you enjoy it. You know, you spend most of Act One on stage not really singing at all. So how do you respond to that? What does it feel like to, to spend so much time just having to, to just listen? Um, I think that's the point, the... the most important thing in the first act for Ortrud is really to listen very good, very intense. Um, if you do too much in the first act, it doesn't work for Ortrud, I think. I think really there are little, little points she has to do and little, little reactions in the first act. But the most important thing is to listen, to listen what the other people are saying. And that's just enough. 
What's the most important thing that she hears in Act One that she can respond to? Uh, the most important thing for me in the first act is uh, um, she's not interesting at the be- at all the beginning. She's not very interesting. She knows that the way is going, and she knows that Teramont everything is planned with him before. I'm sure. And the most important thing uh, point for me is when when Elsa in in her first aria say ein Ritternate da. In, in Lichter Waffenscheine, ein Ritterate da. It means, uh, what's the person um, who's coming? What's a protector, a knight is When she's in her dream and yes. she says, there is coming somebody. Yes. There is coming a, a person who helps me. And this is the point where Otto is really, she has the ears like this, you know. What's that? Who's that? How can it be? Who can help her? And from this point on, she's really interested to the end of the act. Now, there are a lot of Ortrudes out there who just play her as very sort of cardboard villainous, you know, without much depth, without much dimension. So you make her very human. And you and I have talked before about her humanity and all Mm. of these different sides of her. So how does one go about humanizing her? I think it's not, it's very easy. She is very clear, very simple, and very directly. She's very human being. She, it's not. Uh, she is hard, but she's very clearly with this art. She will never. Uh, she's not like a snake. I'm not thinking. She's I'm not thinking, like a snake. No, she's not. She's not. There is one point in this in the second act with uh, Teramund. She planned how to take him. She planned before how to take him to take the right way that uh, he is her marionette. Yes. But that's the only point she's planning. But with him and with everybody else, she's very clearly, I think. Can she really sort of make him do anything she wants, really manipulate him? She's manipulating him completely. I think it's a um, a sexual um, tension. You know, it's like a band between them. It's like a band, and she always, she was never losing him. So I think you said to me at one point, in a way, they really do need each other. They do. How do they need each other? In a sexual way. In I any think way. in a sexual way, they need each other. Uh, the second is that Teramont, uh, Elsa didn't want to have Teramont, so he needs another person to help him to oh, get up. Because he was in love with her. He was in love with her, and that's the very interesting point of Ortrud. I think she was the second, and she will feel this every time. And there is one very important point where, where he say this. I wanted to take Elsa, and then I, t- I, I took you. And she said, do you know how hard you hurt me in this moment? And often you see it acting like it's false, but I think it's true. She's really heard it about it. And she was not the first woman. And that's also the reason why she's manipulated him. Because she knows she was not... The first choice. The first choice. Yes, we say that in, in English. We say marrying somebody on the rebound. Yeah. Yes, so I suppose that's what happened with him. Yeah. Um, so is that a moment where you try to make her humanity very sort of yeah. evid- evident to the audience? It has to be very honest. And there is one second point also about this thing. It's in the duet with Elsa. She say to her, that hurts her really, and that makes her a very human being, you don't know what love is. I will show you. 
And this hurts her very much. It's the end of the of the duet with Elsa and Ortrud. She say, I, "I will, I will show you how love is working, how love is going." And this hurts uh, Ortrud. And I think that's the first point. She hates her really because of this. Not before. Before Elsa, for her, for her, is only important to make her way and her power with Teramund. But she didn't hate her. But at this point, she hates her. Now, there are two vocal moments that I wanted to ask you about. And the thing is, they come very close together mm-hmm. in Act Two. The first one is when she is sort of pleading with Elsa to come down from the tower and listen to her. When she's talking about how much she, Orchard, is suffering and I'm here on the ground, you know, this kind of thing. So what Wagner gives you there to work with is this beautiful line Mm -hmm. with a gruppetto in it, which is so beautiful. And so what I wanted to ask you is, do you call a moment like that, is it sort of Wagnerian bel canto? It is. For me, it is. Especially the early Wagner is very much bel canto. It's also, you have it in Tannhäuser. Um, you have it especially also in 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 Lohengrin. And I think it's it's so out of Belcanto. Also, I think that every time you can take the art of Belcanto also for Wagner, because it's not necessarily a role that I associate with a beautiful voice, and yet you bring this voice to it and make it and bring those Belcanto qualities to it, which I think is so special. But the other moment that I wanted to ask you about was the invocation to the pagan gods when you sing Invite to Goethe. So, first of all, she's mentioning two gods that we know very well by name. She's she's calling on them. Wotan and Freya. What what is she asking the gods to help her accomplish? I think she's asking the gods to, to take this way she was going. Yeah, um, and she does it in this this singing where all of a sudden one has to become basically a dramatic soprano because you're singing up to yeah. high A sharps, which leads me to a question: Who is the role actually for? Do, can it, because it's available to dramatic sopranos and dramatic mezzos, but where does it sort of sit for you in relation to other things that you might sing? Um, for me, author is not. Uh, there are often parts like Sieglinde, for example, or other p- pieces like Brangene. They are. You can you can think okay, it's soprano, but I think author is from the color is a typical mezzo. Interesting. The, and the the middle of the voice with the colors is very very important. And uh, you have these high notes, but the tessitura is not always high. For me, author is a mezzo part. A mezzo part with very high notes, but not a soprano, no. Because of the color, I think. Now, a lot of people, people like who are lecturing on this opera for lyric, have called me to say, I have this major question. Does Orchard die at the end or not? <laughs> it's open. Really? That's, yeah, it's open and it's a problem. It's always a problem. I have always problems also with this end because uh, we also had this... We talked also about this here in this production. What What is this for Elsa when Gottfried is coming back? It's very difficult because I think she's lost. She's not dying, but she's lost. She she lost her way. She's completely... She's without Terramon. There's nobody taking her away again. It's it's very difficult because it's always open. How sometimes I'm dying in the production, sometimes not. How are you staging it? We we have it open at the moment. We 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 again we work on it because uh, I had this this uh, 
talk about this, that I need to have a clear idea of this end. And, and Elisha said that uh, we will find a way in the rehearsals. We, we don't have it now at the moment. You've sung it in Munich, you've sung it in Berlin, in Oslo. Have the productions been totally different? They were, yeah. Because, you know, sometimes I... I mean, the standard is that Elsa is in white and Orchard's in black. But then, I, I think you mentioned a production to me where it was like, where you were a blonde and this kind of thing. So how have you looked as you've gone from production to production? Oh, it was very, very different. Because, for example... For, For my uh, one of the most interesting productions I did with this part was in uh, Berlin with Stefan Herheim, and it was in medieval costumes, but played completely modern. This was so interesting, and it makes so much fun. And for me, it works in in a lot of ways because she can be also very modern. I like it also when she's a person from today. You can take a lot of things from your life and your as a person. You can take a lot of things also in in our time now. But it doesn't matter for me if it's in the old time or, or it's it's now. It for me, it's important that the person are alive. That the relationships between the persons are. You can work very good. For example, what is here very interesting is that Ortrud is also in white in the uh, with a wedding with Elsa together. That's very interesting. I never had this because it seems they are similar. She wants to be with her in the same way. She wants like a bride. It's very interesting. Now, let's go back to what you were saying before, mm-hmm. talking about talking about her being very modern. Can you give me an example of her the qualities in her that you think directly relate to? relationships today? Oh, for example, I had a production um, in the first act. This first act was very interesting for me. Uh, it's always difficult, the first act for author, because you don't sing 40 minutes something, but you're always on stage. Um, and I had a nail file, and, and, and I was looking very much how I, how I am, you know, and I was completely in my word, and I made this But the nail file, and it was, everybody said it was so present because you look always what she's doing. I like these arts of modern arts of, yeah, special movings, special things. Right, so you were doing your nails through the whole first act? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sitting on a table to do this, but I'm always, I'm always listening. We haven't talked about her involvement in the second scene of Act Two when she comes on and confronts Elsa as Elsa's about to go yeah. to her wedding. What is that confrontation about? If Otto is false, Elsa will never believe her. And Elsa, when 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 Otto is false and she's playing this over, oh my God, like this, then Elsa's getting a bit stupid, you know. Everybody thinking why she's believing her. And for this, I'm sure it's she has to play. It's it's planned in her head, but she has to play truthful for her, and, and not exaggerate. Yes. So when she does confront Elsa in that scene, what is she trying to accomplish? To make her understand how is a woman feeling, how is a, to make her understand how her feelings are about this situation, and that she's not so bad that she was thinking perhaps before. I think that's the point. I th- I think one uh, section of the music when we spoke the first time about Orchard that you talked about that you loved particularly was the end of the uh, the Act Two duet for the two of them just because it's so beautiful. What is the sort of arc of that duet? 
Ortrude gets basically what she wants, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. How does she do that? What does she say to Elsa to change Elsa's mind? Um, she says also to her, you know, you, you didn't like this man. You, I, I took him. I took this man. And now look what's what's going on with him. So she she's taking a lot of psychological things to her. And, and especially what's very important is that uh, it's very delicate because she said, uh, are you really sure you know him, who he is, Lohengrin? Are you really sure? I think you have to be careful with, with him. She takes her like she, she's in sorrow with her. And that's the point where Elsa had this needle in her head, you know. And it's working, working, working till the end, until the third act when, when she asks him the question, the famous question, who he is. So psychologically, she's just being... Do you consider... She's very intelligent. She's very, very um, planned what, what she's doing, you know. I'm always curious as to how such a character moves on the stage. Do you have a, in your physical characterization, what do you like to do in the role? How do you like to, to play her just as, in terms of your physicality on the stage? Um, for me, it's very important that I don't have to stand always because I think it, you, lose, um, you lose a lot of power and a lot of colors if you have to stand always. So, for example, especially in the second act, for me, it's important to have a contact with the earth, you know, to have contact because she believes on these gods. It's like uh, she's very bound with the earth. Yes. So, and for this point, it's very uh, important for me to have also this contact with the earth, to lying there, to sitting there. This is very important. And also Elsa's movement, Otto's uh, uh, movement, uh, often very, very quiet, nothing. Nothing, doing nothing, and then suddenly she has, she's exploding like an Antwerpenkutter. She's like a, a like an animal who's waiting, you know, like a tiger who's waiting and he's very still, and then he jumps. And she's a bit like this. And you, I, I think you, it's important to have this in your movements. Very, you, you don't have to be worried to be ten or fifteen minutes looking outside without moving anything. It works, I'm sure, because it's more interesting. If you do too much as Ortrud, you're going to lose. Less is more. I'd say, I say always less is more. You've been listening to Backstage at Lyric, the podcast that takes you behind the curtain at Lyric Opera of Chicago. For additional interactive content and to order tickets, visit us online at lyricopera.org. <laughs>